It's a Week 10 crossover Thursday. Everything you need to know about the Tennessee Titans game against the New Orleans Saints on today's show. Let's get it. You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome in, football fans, to another Crossover Thursday edition this week. I'm so excited for this episode, let alone this game. The Tennessee Titans will be hosting the New Orleans Saints, so it's got to be our Crossover Thursday today. Locked on Titans host Tyler Rowland at Tic Tac Titans. Myself, Ross Jackson, host of Locked on Saints at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter. Going to talk to the biggest stories, biggest matchups, and take a look at what a win or loss looks like for both of these teams Tyler, let's dive right into this. Oh, first of all, want to thank everybody for making us your first listen of the day. Of course, here on the show, don't forget we're free and available on all platforms. And this crossover Thursday is brought to you by our friends over at McDonald's. Not only have they just been some place that you can go to to get a tasty and affordable meal, they have been an unofficial community center helping out places and a part of the community since 1965. We thank them very much for all that they do, and we're loving it. Just like we're loving this episode, just like we're loving this matchup. Tyler, how excited are you for this game before we get started here? I'm excited. I mean, the Saints, although they've had their issues, as most teams have this way, this far through the season, are still a really good football team, a really well-coached football team. The Titans are obviously the hottest team in the NFL, so getting Mm -hmm. getting to watch them play at any point in time throughout the last few weeks has been a joy. So you get two physical football teams as well that really want to beat you up on the line of scrimmage. I think it's going to be an excellent matchup. Yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to this one. We're going to get to matchups here in a little bit, but let's start off with the biggest story. What's the biggest story around the Tennessee Titans coming into this Week 10 game? Well, I think, you know, on a on a micro level, you could talk mm-hmm. about the defensive line. I mean, the Titans' defensive line of Bud Dupree, Harold Landry, Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry, they have been the talk of the NFL. All the film breakdowns from the Baldies and all the mm-hmm. film guys on, on online, all of them are talking about this dominant Tennessee Titans front four. But I think Overall, you just look at how hot the Titans have been, the type of football that they've been playing. They beat the Chiefs, the Bills, the Rams, the Colts, all in really entertaining fashion and really good games. So with the Chiefs and the Rams, it's been blowout wins where the Titans really just dominated all the way. The other two games, the Titans had to come from behind to get those victories. So overall, I think the biggest storyline for the Titans is just how good Can this football team be after going undefeated in their most difficult four-game stretch of the year? So watching the Titans going forward, seeing if they can stay hot and kind of keep this momentum riding throughout this, you know, tough stretch of games that they were able to come out undefeated. I, I think whether the Titans are really the team we've seen the last month or whether they have some fall off. I think that's the biggest storyline for this sure. team going forward. But what about on the New Orleans side of things? What would you say is the the biggest storyline coming out of NOLA right now? 
I got to say, I mean, you know, look, there's a lot of options here, right? Are the, are the New Orleans Saints going to land Odell Beckham Jr. is probably the biggest question that everybody is asking, but it looks like that decision, according to Kim Jones, is a few days away, so that's probably not going to have much of an impact on this matchup. So I had to go with something that was going to impact this matchup immediately, probably be the sort of injury watch right now around running back Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara not in practice mm-hmm. on Wednesday, dealing with a knee injury. The Saints went out, they signed another running back, bring him in. He's on the practice squad right now, so we'll see sort of the situation has to be monitored moving forward. But I wouldn't be surprised to see the New Orleans Saints play it safe. You look at all these other running backs throughout the rest of this season so far that have been dealing with injuries that are all mm-hmm. at the top of the touches list. You look at what happened with, I mean, Derrick Henry is a great example of that. Alvin Kamara has been consistently right behind Derrick Henry in terms of total touches early in the season. Saquon Barkley was up there earlier on in the season. Christian McCaffrey was up there. All these guys now dealing with injuries, touches for running backs sometimes lead to these types of situations. So I could see the New Orleans Saints kind of playing this safe and potentially even going into this game without Alvin Kamara, knowing that they've brought back Mark Ingram, somebody they're very familiar with, somebody that's very familiar with their system, and maybe rolling forward with Dwayne Washington, the former UW player that is a bit more of a special teamer, but has had some nice plays for them in the run game before in the past, and potentially even elevating their uh, new running back that they signed that's, you know, six foot two, 225, a little bit more of a power runner. So we'll see how much it changes uh, the way that the Saints approach the run game. So I think that's definitely the biggest one because it impacts their offense, it impacts the way that they might look to deploy the run game, which they've leaned on heavily, heavily this season. When you look at that from a Tennessee Titans perspective, like obviously not having Alvin Kamara in has its benefits, but is there concern about going up against a power run team versus a a team that's usually a zone run team? Or is that actually more into Tennessee strength? Well, I definitely think it's a concern because you play zone run, you know, you want to stack the line of scrimmage, avoid Mm -hmm. letting teams get the double teams off and climb into the second level. With power, you got to treat that a little bit differently. So I think that definitely matters. But like you're talking, I think the biggest difference for the Titans is you're game planning against a guy like Alvin Kamara, who's shifty, speed Mm -hmm. back. I mean, he runs with power as well. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL. But now you're looking at, you're probably going to get a heavy diet of kind of the big bodied guys that you're talking about. That Mark Ingram trade, Looks Mm -hmm. pretty smart right now if Kamara is to miss any time. But you're probably going to get a heavy dose of Taysom Hill in the run game. And Taysom Hill is built like a brick house. Mm -hmm. It's a a lot different taking down a Daryl Henderson or taking down, uh, you know, Devin Singletary or Zach Moss or, uh, you know, Daryl Williams for the Chiefs. It's a lot different tackling those guys when you have to tackle a guy like Taysom Hill. So I, I think it's going to change the game plan for the Titans and change their mindset from a physicality standpoint, whether you're going up against a big bruising guy who you got to take down or you got to take down a a quick, fast, change of direction speed back like Alvin Kamara. So I think while losing Kamara would be tough for the Saints, I definitely do think that uh, the change could create some sort of benefit uh, for the Saints going forward. But we're going to continue to talk about those matchups, the things that we got to watch out for in this game. Before we get into those, though, I want to tell you guys about McDonald's. And this episode of the Locked On Titans and the Locked On Saints podcast is brought to you by McDonald's, who has been proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's is more than a place to get a tasty, affordable meal. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, and you know that you'll have dependable Wi-Fi and an endless supply of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home or the away team can come to recharge. For me personally, 
I have incredibly fond memories of McDonald's, heading to McDonald's after football practice with my dad on Tuesday nights, getting two double cheeseburgers and a medium fry, and it definitely uh, helped me get through some of those tough practices in peewee football as a youth, and I've continued to enjoy McDonald's throughout my life, as most of you guys have as well. So make sure that you head to your local McDonald's right now to refuel and reconnect Ross, we may even have to organize a uh, a crossover watch party That's right. at McDonald's at some point in time. Either way, you guys know that McDonald's has been there for you for a long time, and we here at the Locked On Podcast Network appreciate them being our sponsor. I don't know about you, Ross, but I'm loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, sing it. Hey, and I got to mention... You got to drive to McDonald's, right? And when you drive, you're going to use gas. So for any Titans fan or any Saints fan that uses gas, I got to tell you about an incredible app called Get Upside. Right now, our listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or on Google Play. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, that's one word, TOUCHDOWN, and you'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump ever again. Get cash back using Get Upside. Download the app for free. Use that promo code TOUCHDOWN and get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. And some people who drive a lot make up to two, $300 a month in cash back. And here's the thing. There's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your GetUpside account, and then you can cash out at any time directly to your bank account, to your PayPal, or even an e-gift card like for Amazon. Just download the free GetUpside app, use that promo code TOUCHDOWN, and get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN on the free GetUpside app. All right, y'all. Thank you very much again for making us your first listen of the day here on this Locked on Titans, Locked on Saints crossover, previewing this New Orleans Saints at Tennessee Titans matchup this weekend. You, know, you made a comment uh, earlier where we were talking about uh, tra- uh, uh, Taysom Hill being a brick house, and rumor has it they wrote the song. The Commodores wrote the song about Taysom Hill. I, I just <laughs> wanted to get that in there. But no, when you look at the matchups here uh, for this game, are there some individual matchups, either player to player or even position group to, pre- uh, to position group that you're really looking forward to watching in this one? Well, I think both of my biggest concerns when it comes to the Titans and playing the Saints are with the Saints' defense. So mm-hmm. you, you have the defensive line that's just a really solid defensive line for the Saints. I know that they've you know dealt with some injuries and everything like that, but you still have Cameron Jordan. You have Marcus Davenport who can really make plays. I know that they got back uh, David Anyamata. Is, yeah, is that the correct the pronunciation? Guy. Got him back from suspension earlier this year. So when you have a stud defensive line like that, the only thing that has really completely disrupted the Titans so far this year has been incredible defensive line play. We saw Chandler Jones just absolutely dismantle the Titans offense in week one. We saw the Titans really struggle against the Jets, who aren't a great football team, but up front, they have some really solid players like a John Franklin Myers, like a Quinn and Williams. So mm-hmm. when you have a really talented defensive front, I think that that, that is a concern for the Titans because the Titans offensive line has given up 27 sacks already this year. They gave up 24 all of last year. 
that is not good for people yeah. who are not putting two and two together. <laughs> so I, uh, Taylor Lewan missed last week's game. Uh, starting right guard Nate Davis uh, missed last week's game. You got a, a guy like Aaron Brewer, who's been a solid player, but an undrafted free agent from 2020, or a rookie like Dylan Radins from this year, who may be at that mm-hmm. right guard spot. Uh, Kendall Lamb, the Titans' backup left tackle, has been injured. So we saw Bobby Hart in the game against the Rams, and it might have been nice for all you guys watching the game. The Titans are killing them, but Bobby Hart is an abomination. I don't mean to be rude, but he's an offense killer. He literally killed the offense multiple times. So if the Titans don't have Taylor Lewan and they don't have Nate Davis, who I got to say, Saints fans, I'm sorry, both of them were at practice on Wednesday for the Titans, (laughs) so they probably will have them in this game. But if they don't, or if there are any injuries during the game, that Saints D-line has the ability to dominate the Titans' offensive line and really flip the game in the Saints' favor. So I would say that's the first matchup of this game that I am paying attention to. What's one matchup on the Saints' side of things that you're really looking at? Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, we we love our trenches, right? But I, I, I'm yeah. going to go ahead and go to skill position here real quick because this is where the Saints struggled quite a bit last week. When I look at where it is that Tennessee might be strongest right now, having to sort of reformat their offense without Derrick Henry, it kind of correlates with where New Orleans struggled quite a bit last week. And you saw a lot of the Saints passing defense get just picked apart with crossing routes over the middle and then any type of um, any type of route combinations that combined those crossing routes over the middle with a vertical route downfield. Created a lot of conflict defenders in terms of high, low, or high, medium, low type of attacks. And that's where that New Orleans Saints defense really, really struggled against the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons knew exactly how to go after them. And mm-hmm. look, that was Arthur Smith doing that. So there's something, there's a correlation here in terms of what their, uh, what Mike Vrabel can come in and be able to create and, uh, and be able to attack this Saints defense after seeing that work last week. So when it comes down to it, you can look at the passing defense versus the passing offense. You can look at it generally like that. But I'm also really intrigued in what the matchup is going to be with the top two corners in Marshawn Lattimore and who I assume will still be Paulson Adebo, but it could mm-hmm. be Bradley Roby potentially getting rolled into there. So we'll see exactly what's going to happen there. Going up against A.J. Brown, who I know is on the injury report limited on Wednesday, but look, there's a long-standing history of, yeah. of the way that we look at this. He's, he's going to play. play. He's going to play. Yeah, yeah he's going to play. <laughs> and of course, Julio Jones opposite him and more receiving talent on that team as well. Those two players can be absolute monsters over the middle and can easily push you deep. So for the New Orleans Saints, their secondary in particular, their starting corners, that's going to be a huge test for them. They're going to need the safety help over the top, and they're going to need to be assignment sound in this game. It's going to come down to the fundamentals. Now, Marshawn Lattimore, Julio Jones, they have a long-standing history. They're familiar with one another, but I think it's going to be Marshawn Lattimore and A.J. Brown that are going to have to match up with one another. So that does put Julio Jones going up against a secondary defensive back, and that is huge for this New Orleans Saints defense. They have to be able to show up there, and they're going to have to be assignment sound over the middle with these linebackers as well, particularly if they go to filling in some zones to try to help mm-hmm. to you know take care of some of those crossing patterns and everything. That's going to need communication. That's going to need camaraderie. It's going to need chemistry all those things that you kind of saw fall apart for the Saints last week who gave up six plays of 20 or more yards against these Mm. receivers against a smart quarterback like Ryan Tannehill Mm -hmm. they will take advantage of that for certain so that's going to be a big matchup for me you got another one you're looking at as well 
Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I, I think that's an excellent point because right now the Titans' offense is kind of lacking explosive plays in mm -hmm. the pass game. It's not really something that they're generating a ton of, and they certainly have to generate more of those now that they're going to be lacking explosives in the run game. So right. that matchup, and honestly, I was going to point to my secondary matchup to watch was Marshawn Lattimore on A.J. Brown. Yep. A.J. Brown is a great player. He's one of the better receivers in the league, probably top. 15, top 10 maybe, depending on how high you are on him. Mm -hmm. But he has shown struggles against elite cornerbacks. And he lost that matchup against Jalen Ramsey last week, and he even admitted after the game he probably won more snaps uh, Jalen Ramsey than A.J. Brown won. And a guy like Marshawn Lattimore, who's been shown to lock down some of the better receivers in the NFL, it, I think that A.J. could have his struggles against Marshawn. And that's why it's time for Julio Jones yeah. to break out. He's going to have two full weeks of practice going into this game, barring an injury this week, and it's time for him to show up. He's only gone over 100 yards one time, and it was against Seattle in week two before his injuries kind of cut out his playing time. The Titans need Julio Jones, maybe not to be prime Julio Jones, but at least be the type of Julio Jones that can stretch the field vertically, that mm -hmm. can threaten the opposing cornerback. So I think, for me, that's the big matchup. Did want to ask you, what's the health like on the offensive line for the Saints? Real quick, because the Titans defensive line obviously has been tearing people apart. Yeah, no, it's a really good question because the New Orleans Saints are actually injured at the offensive line, but then they've also been better at the offensive line while injured at one particular mm -hmm. position. A lot of Saints fans are ready for me to say this right now. Andrus Pete out for the season. James Hurst stepped into his place. And all of a sudden, this is the second best pass rush win rate offensive line in the NFL. They immediately improved. And I mean by percentage points in that advanced <laughs> metric. <clears throat> the issue is context in terms of when they struggle. They have struggled in some bad positions, losing on second and long, losing on third and long, those types of things that are situationally more detrimental than, you know, sack or pressure on first and 10 or sack right. or pressure on second and two, those types of situations. When you give up that pressure, when you give up those hits, are you giving up those hits in such a way that your quarterback is at risk of sack fumbles, things like that. So far, right. the answer for the Saints has been they're not giving up a ton of pressures, but when they give them up, they give up big pressure. That's going to be the big issue here if the New Orleans Saints were to be struggling on the offensive line up against that Tennessee Titans defensive line. Yeah, you get in second and long, you get in a third and long, mm -hmm. it kind of limits the playbook. And yep. with, you know, struggling quarterback play at times, especially recently, that makes a lot of sense. But yep. we are going to continue talking about this game. What we're going to do is we're going to look at what the game would look like depending on which team wins. So what are these things that these teams are going to have to do to find a way to come out victorious? Before we hop into that, do want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is back and better than ever. They have a brand new updated website with a new updated interface just in time for the start of the college basketball season. But it's not just college basketball, of course. They're still the number one spot for you to bet all the pro basketball and pro football action this fall. Make sure you head to that new updated website. You can use your desktop or your mobile device. Sign up, and when you do, use the promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So whether it be college basketball, pro basketball, football, Baseball postseason, which is over now, but you can get your futures in as well. NHL is going strong. You got boxing. You got UFC. Heck, they even have your favorite Vegas casino game. So take advantage of all the amazing offers they have over at betonline.ag. That's BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. 
Bet online where the game starts. All right, family, we are wrapping up this episode, this crossover Thursday, Locked on Titans, Locked on Saints. Real quick, I want to say if this is your first time catching Locked on Titans, your first time catching Locked on Saints, don't forget that we're here with you every single Monday through Friday and have episodes for you fresh, making sure that you have all and everything, all the information, everything that you need to be up to date with your favorite teams. Make sure you're following along with your favorite teams podcast every Monday through Friday. Tyler, I'm really excited about this this uh, idea, this topic that we have here. Taking a look at these two teams and which what the game looks like with either team winning. So right now, the New Orleans Saints will be traveling to Tennessee as uh, two and a half point underdogs. So road dogs in this situation, right where I like them personally. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, let's start with the Tennessee Titans, the home team. If the Tennessee Titans win this game, what does that win look like? What has to go right? Well, I think the number one thing, and it, and it starts with the Titans' defense, and it kind of hits on the last point that we were talking about. The Titans got to stop the run and make mm-hmm. make the Saints a passing team. Uh, the the Saints right now are the tenth best running team in the NFL, averaging about 123 yards per game. And when you have a team like that who has shaky quarterback play, listen, Trevor Simeon was with the Titans all year last year. Mm-hmm. The Titans know what he can and what he can't do. So the Titans are going to have a very good chance to not only stop the Saints, but to force a ton of turnovers. If they can get the Saints into those situations like you talked about, second and long, third and long Mm -hmm. situations where Sean Payton doesn't have his full breadth of creativity in front of him to, to pick a play. So if the Titans can stop the run, and put the Saints in those second-and-long, third-and-long situations. Well, now they can get to those games, those stunts, the disguised coverages, all the stuff that's made the Titans' defense what it is throughout this year. Now, on the flip side of that, Mm -hmm. I think, like you talked about as well, because, Ross, you're just such an excellent uh, person covering the the Saints. You gave us all the goodies that I'm going to flip over into my game preview. But if the Titans can create... (laughs) If the Titans can create explosive plays in the passing game and make sure that that New Orleans Saints defensive line doesn't completely disrupt, basically the Titans are going to have to use some max pro. They're going to have to keep a back end. They're going to have to keep a tight end in to chip, things like that, to give the Titans time to develop those long routes, that deep crosser mm-hmm. with the deep post converted with it. You know what I mean? Those sort of uh, deep route combinations that can leave the Saints vulnerable, well, the Titans have to make sure that they have time to do that. So if the Titans can stop the run, put the Saints in third and long, second and long situations, that's advantageous to the Titans' defense and their front seven. And then on the flip side, if the Titans can avoid being disrupted by that Saints pass rush, it'll give them opportunities to create explosive plays in the pass game to supplement the explosive plays that they're losing in the run game. And then ultimately the Titans will, I I think if the Titans are able to accomplish both those things, this is like a 10, 11 point game, but Mm -hmm. a, a lot to ask for the Titans offensive line to do that. And a lot to ask from the Titans front seven against a really smart coach in Sean Payton. But if the Titans can do those things, I could see them winning, you know, 31 to 20 somewhere mm-hmm. in there. But on your side of things, Ross, mm-hmm. the Saints who are underdogs going against probably the hottest team in the NFL. I feel like that's not a biased take at this mm-hmm. time. What do the Saints do or what will they need to do to slow down this this Tennessee Titans juggernaut right now? Yeah. So, look, here are the things the Saints have to get right. They have to get to a position to where they're running 30 times at this game and that they're achieving mm-hmm. their the goal that they set for themselves usually is around 130 rushing yards as a team, 
as a team. Yeah. That's going to be tough if they don't have Alvin. Wait, Kamara. that's not the Urban Meyer. You're not going yeah. for 250, 250? Is <laughs> no, that? Wait. No, no, no. What? No, what do you uh, mean? no, like three running back sets in this one. <laughs> and then flipping over to the defensive side with four linebacker sets. We're right. not going back to right. those days, right? Okay. But okay. absolutely for the New Orleans Saints, you know, they they look to get 130 rushing yards as a team. That's kind of the, the, the gold star that they shoot for. And they've done it a lot. I mean, last week they just barely got over 100, but they also ended up in an 18-point deficit and kind of had to abandon the run game right, after script. a little while. Yeah, absolutely. And so that impacted all of that. So, But if you look at the Saints, otherwise, they've gone over 130 yards or under 100. It's been one of the two all season, with mm-hmm. the exception of that one 100-yard game last week. they got to get back to that over 130-yard game. That helps them control the clock. That helps them win time of possession, all of those things. Two things that Sean Payton wants to win every game, time of possession, turnover margin. That's not just Sean Payton. That's every coach in the NFL. But they have to be able to do that. The New Orleans Saints right now 17-1 and over the last three seasons when they win turnover differential. They have to get that done. They didn't generate yep. any turnovers last week, and then they gave up the ball on a sack fumble. Can't have those things happen going into this one. And in fact, they actually missed two opportunities to recover fumbles that they forced. One on a special teams play, and one when Mike Davis should have been going to the ground to run the clock out and give the Falcons the opportunity to kick a field goal, and instead played around a little bit too much, got caught slipping and had the ball punched out on first down almost a big turnover after the big 64 yard catch and run he got real lucky on that one yeah for sure he was not on the field for the rest of the rest of the game after that one yeah Uh, yeah i understand that yeah on the defensive side the thing for me is that what the new orleans saints can't do is give up explosive scoring plays what they have to be able to do is if they are going to give up the explosive plays the red zone defense has to be sound last week Tennessee Titans up against a very good Los Angeles Rams de- uh, team defense, all of it, three for three in the red zone. They were absolutely perfect. Mike Vrabel said, look, yep. we didn't have the greatest game. It wasn't the cleanest game, but boy, we were perfect in the red zone. And every yep. coach wants that. Every coach loves that. The Saints went into the game against the Atlanta Falcons with the best red zone defense in the NFL, allowing a touch on only 44% of those possessions. Very, very good defensive mm-hmm. play in the red zone. And unfortunately gave up three touchdowns in the red zone up against Atlanta. So, Look, the Saints might be susceptible to these big plays and these big sort of explosive plays. They are the number one run defense in the NFL right now. 3.2 yards per carry allowed. That's best in the NFL. They have to force Tennessee to be one-dimensional, but that's not necessarily going to stop Tennessee from moving the ball. So you can have this bend-don't-break approach if you can get shored up in the red zone. That's going to mean pressure in the red zone and not allowing Ryan Fitzpatrick, excuse me, Ryan Fitzpatrick, my goodness, Ryan Tannehill, who can be Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sometimes. He can be a little pesky. He's got That's the way eight that interceptions I this year, though. Yeah. That, and I think that makes, you know, you're talking about turnovers. I, I mm-hmm. think that's the key. And another thing I just want to throw in for the yeah, listeners please. here, the, the Saints have the second best Average drive start position. And I know yep. that's a mouthful, but basically right now they're averaging their drives are starting on their own 32-yard line. That's the second best in the NFL. So if the yep. Titans turn over the ball, which they've shown that they can do this year, and put the Saints offense that maybe has their own struggles in advantageous you know, field position situations, that could really play into the Saints' hand because it has all year. I'm so glad that you brought up starting field position because I talk about it a lot on Saints all the time because of what their special teams, uh, what their special teams ability is on this team. And the Saints, by the way, when they start at 30 or better on average in a game, they're like nine and one over the Mm -hmm. last 10 games when they can do that. So they have been absolutely phenomenal in exactly those metrics. So it's a lot of. uh, 
Yeah, Titans, yes. Titans punter Brett Kern, he's yep. been putting them inside the five-yard line consistently throughout the last few weeks. Both the interceptions that I know that your listeners have seen where the Titans got interceptions right on the goal line against Wentz and then against Stafford, mm-hmm. both of those came after inside the 10-yard dimes we're by Brett see, Kern. We're yeah, see he's the best phenomenal. punter in the league. You're going to see phenomenal punt play in this game between yes. Brett Kern and Blake Gilligan. Woo. This is going to be a really, really fun one. Locked on special teams crossover. Let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, look, if the Saints can get all that right, then they end up walking away. I think that this game can still be very close, even if they get all those things right. I'm right. still looking at this one, you know, them just barely kind of covering a look at like mm-hmm. a three-point win, a, a, a you know, 24 to 21 type of a game in that case. But those are the places where the Saints are going to have to be sound if they want to win definitively. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's going to be an excellent game, an excellent matchup. The Titans fan base is a little upset about the Saints because of that game that we played in 2019 Uh, (laughs) where there was an illegal hit on Khalif Raymond on the final drive. He fumbled after the illegal hit. Wasn't called. Saints got the ball and won. That game was without Derrick Henry. Mm -hmm. So uh, if the Saints don't have Alvin Kamara, Titans fans will just consider it equal. But uh, a a great game. I I truly believe, Ross, this is the best possible Game preview you are going to find for the Saints and the Titans having both perspectives on the same podcast. So make sure that you not only enjoy, but you throw the thumbs up on YouTube, throw some ratings in if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. And more importantly than anything, tell your friends. But that's going to do it for a uh, crossover Thursday here from the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Saints. I'm Tyler Rowland, Locked On Saints. That's Ross Jackson. Locked on Titans, I'm Tyler Rowland. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will catch you tomorrow.